there's a little guy in school, and in school he was making a Christmas card for his parents. You kind of know how that works. After drawing his special little picture, he wanted to cap it off, and so he wrote, Merry Christmas. He wrote it, M-A-R-Y. Proudly, he took the card, went up to his teacher, and she oohed and she odd and she praised the little guy for what he had done. And then, however, she gently pointed out that it's not M-A-R-Y, but when we talk about Merry Christmas, it's something different. So the little guy went back to the table, and with an extra little marking, he wrote M-A-R-R-Y. Christmas. And again, he probably went back to the teacher and she kindly smiled at him and did a little bit more explaining. And this time, with a little bit of coaching, he went back and with eraser in hand and then crayon again in hand, he wrote M-E-R-R-Y, Christmas. He got it. And you know, he got it after a couple of mistakes, so to speak. But you know, as is often the case in situations like this, mistakes reveal something important, something to take note of. And with this little guy, it's certainly true. And we can talk and think and even engage in a merry, merry, merry Christmas, spelled each and every way. And you know, when you think about it, the very first Christmas was Mary's Christmas. Mary got the very first Christmas gift in all the world. She was a young woman, a very young woman. And if we can judge by the culture and the pattern of things in those days, she probably was an early teenager, somewhere perhaps between 13 and 15 years old. She was betrothed, or what you and I would say, engaged engaged to a young man, although young, a bit older, maybe even quite a bit older than she. Engaged, about to be married. They had publicly spoken of their intent to get married with a public ceremony and a, a great deal of festivity, but the marriage itself had not yet happened. Legally, however, they were considered husband and wife even though that ultimate celebration of the marriage was yet to come. A huge thing in anybody's book. Engaged with an upcoming marriage, that's enough to cause all kinds of stirring, happy stirrings, a lot of things, a, a big milestone in life, this is to be sure. And then, then in the middle of it all, the middle of it all, an angel, an angel appeared to Mary. Uh, don't let your familiarity with this, e these events numb you to the fact of how great, how different, how whatever this experience was, especially for this young woman, that an angel should come to her. It doesn't happen every day. Gabriel's message then was that she would become pregnant surprise, and even a bigger surprise that she would become pregnant not by her fiancé, but by God himself. 
by the Lord himself. Talk about news and talk about big news and unique news. That changed everything for Mary in a moment. Just like last week, we talked about how the angel's message changed everything for Joseph in a moment of time. If her becoming pregnant was a miracle, the greatest miracle of all, it's surprising that a minor miracle, it is a minor miracle, that Mary didn't fall over, fall over with this news and and faint. And it's even more mind-boggling when we stop and think about it, how she did respond. She had a question or two, understandably so. And it's natural. But the fact that she responded in faith, that's notable. The fact that Mary responded with a faith-filled heart, that's exceptional. I mean, no wonder there are literally hundreds of thousands of statues of this young woman. Hundreds of thousands of paintings, famous, all over the world. And that she is admired almost universally. She is considered by many to be one of the most, if not the most, powerful woman in the world because she was the mother of the Savior, but at least in part because of her faith. Her faith in God as communicated by the message of Angel Gabriel. You know, you absolutely know that everyone who has ever had a surprising or a disturbing Christmas can hold Mary especially dear. So often when our plans go awry, what happens? We become unglued. We don't know where to turn. We get nervous. We have problems. What we had planned as a good Christmas suddenly heads south, and we don't like it. Things don't go according to plan. That's happened, right? Probably even this year. Surprises, they're not welcome. We would rather have things go according to our plans if it's going to be at all a good Christmas. That there's no big surprises that throw us. That's the kind of thing that in one way we can relate to with Mary. Upset, discouraged, comes naturally for us. Too many things go wrong and we'll count it as a bad Christmas. We want it to go our way, our plans. But look, look at Mary. I mean, she was confused. She was surprised beyond anybody else's surprise. Her plans, whatever they were, were all thrown up in the air in a moment's time changed. But what did she say? What did she do? As the angel Gabriel gave her the message, she answered, okay, all right. Her words, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What is that but faith? Let it be. I hear those words and I think of Mary But I also think of the Beatles, you know, the 1960s. Some of you are around then, as I. The Beatles, they sang a song by that very title, Let It Be. In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes 
let it be, let it be. It's exactly, that song is exactly about this circumstance. And it's also a great theme for us today and for life. Let it be. Oh, we've got questions. We've got a lot of questions. There may be things we don't understand, not only about now, this season, and our celebrations, but about life. There are a lot of things that don't go our way, that are out of our control. But listen, looking to God, we too can say, let it be. Not totally, not totally passive, sitting back and doing nothing, but acknowledging that we're not in control. God is. Let it be. You know, so often we live as though we are in control, whether we say it or not. And then we get an awakening, as did Mary. And by faith, we too can say, let it be, because God is in control. And good things happen when He is in control and when we recognize that He is in control. Surprises? Oh, they'll be there. But God, He's not surprised. While we may be puzzled, God's not puzzled. He's got it under control. Listen. So have a Mary, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. And because God had his way, so to speak, in every respect with Mary, you and I can have a Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, Christmas. You know, like we usually say, God's love came in a surprising way that made Mary Mary, and that makes us Mary too. Very Mary. You know, God could have chosen another way to do all of this. He could have chosen a lot of other ways that maybe even were simpler. Write a letter, make a proclamation. But he didn't do it that way. He started real Christmas gift giving in his son, Jesus. You know, gift giving is one thing. Gift exchanges are another. I guess we do those partly because of the wise men, but partly in honor of God who gave us a gift. But, you know, what we call gift exchanges don't even come close. We might just as well call those exchanges of merchandise because we give to those whom we expect to receive. But a true gift is given without any sense, without any expectation of receiving anything in return. That's how God gave to people who didn't deserve it, and he gave it with no expectation that we either deserved it or would embrace it. He gave us the best gift of Jesus. We didn't have to come to God. God came to us. He came into our world, and he crawled into our skin, all of which adds up to us being Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. And you know, sometimes it's hard to have a Merry Christmas. Pastor Sean alluded to that, talking to the kids. Well, he talked to you too. Instead, it's more like a blue Christmas. You heard that song? Do you know that expression? It's for those who experience Christmas and have a little trouble with the merriment because of what's happening 
or what recently happened or even farther back in their lives. There's a a blue cloud hanging over their would-be celebration. A blue Christmas is tough, but even for those who hurt, and maybe especially for those who hurt, Emmanuel, God is with us. We're not cut off from God any longer. We are not without hope. God has acted. He's come close, very close. And we've got the gift. We have God's presence in Jesus. So we can rejoice. We can be happy. There's a man by the name of Dr. Raymond Moody. Interesting man. Once pointed out that many people, as his teaching his learning took him. Many people, he said, are actually afraid of being happy. I don't know, does that fit you? Afraid of being happy? I guess there's at least some who would approach this Christmas holiday as saying, well, it's all very serious business. And maybe that's why missionaries long time ago, when they went to preach and share the message of God among us in Jesus, told the Africans, uh, no more dancing. No more dancing. This is serious stuff. But I can say to you, Merry Christmas. Get up, out of your seat, and dance. Maybe not right now. And maybe your legs and knees aren't in shape to do that, but let your heart dance, even for joy, because God has come, and we can have a Merry Christmas. And speaking of a M-E-R-R-Y Christmas and celebrating, I'm not talking about what so many people deem appropriate for celebrating these days, eating and drinking to excess, godly, and rather godless partying and carrying on. This is a holy day. And you know, that's what the meaning of holiday is. It is a holy day set apart to recognize something important. And it's God's Son in human form, in a manger, God among us. It's a time for fun, for family, for friends, making merry in good, godly kinds of ways. Having a Mary's Christmas leads to a merry Christmas, which ultimately leads to an M-A-R-R-Y. Christmas. That sound different? Maybe even a little strange to you? It's true, at least in three ways I can think of. Mary did marry Joseph. Despite everything that was going on, the surprises, maybe even disappointments, the upset, the tumult, Mary and Joseph went ahead and they did as the angel directed them. They got married. But there's another sense. When you think about it, God is the one who married Mary. It is God who was the father of Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, as well as the son of Mary. God married Mary. Joseph didn't have anything to do with it biologically. That was God in whatever way, whatever description we can even possibly imagine. Gabriel told her that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of the Most High would rest upon her. That's what we've got. But it's told us that God came close. 
God is the father of Jesus as he married, so to speak, Mary. But even additionally, it was God who married humanity when all this took place. It's telling, isn't it, that later in the New Testament, we Christians, the Christian church, you know what we're called? We're called the bride of Christ. There's a marriage imagery that's true and points us to the Christmas reality that God married humanity. And for us who believe we are one with him, we are his bride, he is ours. Jesus married us who believe. God has joined us in a very positive and a very unique way. He's joined himself, the creator, to his creatures, to us human beings. He brought us together in a new, a unique, and a very powerful kind of way. And because of this, because God has bound himself to us, we can and we ought to marry, M-A-R-R-Y, Christmas. We respond to God's faithfulness with our I do's. That's what comes out of our heart when we realize God is promising us to be with us, to be connected to us. We respond in faithfulness till death us do part, or, or really even longer, into and through eternity. The more, the most perfect union. To understand these kinds of these three kinds of Merry Christmases is so important. It's perhaps most meaningful to realize that in that little baby, God has joined himself to you, to me, and to everyone, everywhere, at every time. We don't have to try to look for, we don't have to try to connect with God on our own by whatever means. No, he has come to us. God has connected himself to his creatures, to his people. We don't have to beg for him to marry us. He's come to join himself to us in Jesus. And by faith, we can commit to marrying God that is joining him in his will and in his ways. Okay. Some of you here in live stream may remember the name, if not the person, Jaja Gabor. Jaja, remember some of us? She was a, a Hollywood babe. And besides all the good looks, you know, she really had some interesting and even funny things to say. And one thing that she said sticks out in my mind. I wrote it down. On the day of your wedding, she said, your company should be willing to give you the day off with no strings attached. After all, Getting married to someone is something you do only six or seven times in your life. <laughs> well, that's how it worked for Jaja, six or seven times. But for you, for me, for the world, once, God married himself to us and for all in Jesus. God is close. Christmas is close. So let's stand fast, stand fast and stand up in faith and have a merry, a merry and a merry Christmas. God grant that. Amen.
and amen.